Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. Hamilton Southeastern School Board at-large elections go like this. There are three seats. All voters within the school district choose one candidate per township. There are five candidates in Fall Creek Township's election. Shauna Lee Holder is one of those five candidates, a nurse with a son enrolled in the HSE schools. Casey Alexander talks with Shauna Lee Holder in this podcast. Hello, my name is Casey Alexander, and to, uh, I'm a freshman at Fishers High School. I've participated in activities like Model UN and Fishers Junior High School's uh, We the People. Today, I'm joined with uh, school board candidate Shauna Holder. Um, please tell us about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, again, my name is Shauna Holder. I'm a candidate in Fall Creek Township. Um, a mom to one elementary school student in HSE and a career nurse and have also been an educator uh, at the high school level. Um, background, um, a little bit further pertaining to this interview in particular, um, I started the nurse education training program. So it was a CNA training program, and you all are probably familiar with um, J. Everett Light Career Center, things like that. So I started that for Warren, and that um, was my pet project for about nine years. Um, I've been a public health nurse for 20 years, and am currently involved in the COVID response at the state level. And um, I'm very interested in um, what our school board is doing and, and what we can do better. And therefore, I'm running for the seat. Wonderful. Uh, so to what extent will you be considering the student voice in your position as a school board member? You know, I think the students um, have more than made it clear that no one is listening to them. Um, there are a number of student groups. There are a number of student social media groups. Um, there's all kinds of ways that students are trying to be heard, and it's as though the adults are just talking over them. Um, my purpose as a school board member, as should be any school board member, is to make sure that student voices are heard and that parent voices are heard, but ultimately that we act as a board along with the superintendent to make choices that are in the best interest of all students. And so, of course, there needs to be some temperance, but we are not in the schools on a daily basis, and we are not experiencing school as a high school student. We have our experiences to draw from, but things have definitely changed. And um, the students absolutely deserve to be heard. And I'm encouraged by students like you that are taking on this endeavor. And um, I think the most important thing is is people want to be heard, people want to be understood. And then when you act in the best interest of everyone and come back around and explain why you made the decision that you did, what was that thought process that went into it? And why is this the outcome? I think there's a, a huge opportunity for communication to improve from the board to the community, vice versa. As a student, I'm definitely gonna have to agree with that one. Um, but. 
what are the top three priorities if you are that you would try to handle if you were elected to the school board or essentially what's your platform okay my platform um if you have seen any of my online stuff is hashtag all kids and people <laughs> I, I would think that's pretty simple but um to further explain that all kids we have a term um, that's being used that's called exceptional learners and I have a little bit of a struggle with that because exceptional automatically lends itself to those that are elite, those that are somehow above and beyond um, what we consider average. I'm average. I'm still an average student. I'm in my doctoral program and the average is getting it done. Um, all students, black, white, Hispanic, Indian, Muslim, whatever your particular issue is, all students, because that's who our community is comprised of. It's comprised of everyone. And so everyone needs to be considered when we're making policies, when we're providing procedures, when we're providing structure for how our schools are going to operate and educate our learners. So it's not just if I have an issue that's important to me, then that's what I'm going to wave my flag about. No, the, the equity that is so important to me is there are different things that pop up at different times and each person deserves to have their feelings heard and they deserve to have actions taken that are sensitive to their needs. So my platform is simply all kids, but that really means all kids no matter what the challenge is. I don't care about sexuality. I don't care about how you look to me. I don't care about how you learn as a person. I'm here to represent you as a person. So this has been a remarkably unique year in regards to public health and safety. So how do you plan to ensure the safety of every kid in the district? Wow, that is a loaded question. And I will start by saying this. Um, my training has prepared me to respond to a number of public health emergencies. Um, and that's from incident command to uh, local public health immersion with um, response to um, mass incidents, things of that nature. And what I have seen with the COVID response um, is very mixed and it's very dependent on which building you are in, which person you talk to, um, what perspective. There are some things that have been done very well. There are some things that have been done not as well. And what I would like for us to do, what I would like to have done um, initially when we first began suffering in the pandemic, um, while everyone was not moving, was an opportune time to talk about what is this going to look like and how long is this going to last? If we look at our history, we know a pandemic is going to be at minimum a year to 18 months. Um, that's daunting, but that's reality. And I think if we look at the realities of the way a situation presents, then we're better able to plan for how we're going to draw ourselves out of that. Um, with the public health challenges, um, I think that I would have liked to have seen those that are differently abled or the exceptional learners um, that have day-to-day -day needs, that have specialties that are provided while they're in the school building that have been absent from those services for so long. I would have liked to have seen them staged to come back first 
because they are the students that absolutely um, are, are needing those services. And there's not a really good way to provide those outside of the school setting, especially when you're under a mandate that is basically no contact, that kind of thing. Um, and then to bring back our students who have demonstrated social needs. So are you not getting meals at home because that was your primary source of um, getting your nourishment was going to school and getting those regular meals? Our kids that need backpacks um, of snacks on the weekends, let's send those back next. Children like mine, fortunately, that don't need those kind of services that are out for other reasons, let's wait and put those back at the very last. I think we could have had a staged approach and um, put a lot more planning forward. And I think that's where um, lots of people are having trouble, that, that it appears that there wasn't enough planning. And again, that may be a communication deficit. Um, so we've also, this has also been a remarkably unique year as we've seen a huge focus on equity in the past few months in tandem with the Black Lives Matter movement. Do you plan to advance equity and equality in the district? And if so, how? So I think that's a great question because what candidate wouldn't say that they were not going to advance equity? You know, that's the reality of uh, campaigning and also, um, you know, trying to get those votes. But the reality is um, having the lived experience that I do and having the professional experience that I do. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with several different um, academic areas. So we're talking about school nurses, we're talking about teachers, administrators, um, all of those people that are in tune understand how important equity is. And equity is not simply promoting one over another. It's recognizing that there are structures in place, systems in place that actively deny opportunities to different groups. So in one arena, that may be because of a um, gender bias. Another arena that may be because of their religious preference. Equity is all about making sure that everyone has the best opportunity to succeed. And for me, that means, first of all, acknowledging that disequity exists. And I think that's been the most challenging conversation in this community in the past two weeks. The idea that systemic racism doesn't exist. It absolutely does. And there's no way to deny that. Our country was built on opportunities taken from all different groups, not just Blacks, not just Native Americans, but we're talking the Irish, the Chinese, anyone that has served as an indentured servant at any point during the history, this is all documented. And so first is acknowledging that there's a problem. Two is inviting people to discuss Okay, so we've got to be able to sit around a table and have honest discussions about what we can do to remove barriers wherever possible. And three is taking action. Um, so this is the last of the generic questions that we're asking every candidate, but why are you the best choice for the school board? So why should we vote for you? Because I'm awesome is the short answer, but <laughs> okay, seriously. Um, the short answer is um, because when you have people that are invested in the best for everyone, those are your candidates. Um, I don't have backing 
I'm a true grassroots um, <laughs> political candidate. And so um, jumping into this rather naively, um, I've quickly learned there are lots of different motives from lots of different areas. And um, I'm excited that, you know, I don't have those hands operating any puppet strings behind me. So that's one, I'm independent. Two, I genuinely care about all people. I mean, I've been a nurse for 20 years. My gosh, I don't get to go into a patient room and say, oh, I don't like this patient. I'm, I'm not going to help them. I'm not going to tell them what they need to know or help them get the resources that they need so that they can feel better. Absolutely not. Nurses are the most trusted profession across the board, and there's no difference here. Um, thirdly, I am a person who is strong in her opinions but also a strong team player. So what I've seen so far is that there's um, very vivid um, division amongst certain members and certain relationships on the school board. And that's fine, but what's not okay is when you're, in, you're at an impasse and you can't make decisions in the best interest of all students because of your personal issues. And so you have to have someone that's able to set aside differences and still keep the work moving forward. And I'm absolutely one of those people. I've been involved in um, government for most of my career. And so go, um, government healthcare is, is completely different than individualized practice. Um, always working for the betterment of large groups of people. And so this is not really any different to me. And I don't think that there's any other candidate, um, no matter how well-meaning they are, that can really speak to issues of equity than myself. It's one thing to have someone that consults as an, um, an expert or someone that is familiar with something. It's quite another thing to have someone that has lived experience in the room at the time that the decisions are being made. Uh, that's fantastic. And unfortunately for me, you already uh, answered one of my uh, candidate-specific questions. It was about your all-students policies. Um, so I'm just going to move along with the second one. Uh, how does your medical background prepare you for being a school board member, especially during the time of a pandemic? What can you bring to the school board in regards to health and, and safety of students and staff? Okay. Um... So that unique training that we have as nurses teaches us to think through an entire decision. So the entire decision-making process, it's called, um, the acronym is ADPI, and that is assessment planning, intervention, um, shoot, of course I'm going to tell you what it is and then not be able to recall it, but there's a process that we learn and it's, it's second nature, but it's looking at a problem and then thinking about all of the options that are available to us, going a step further and saying, okay, now what does that look like in action? So breaking down those steps, and that's kind of where a lean process, if people are familiar with that, will come into it as well. Um, lean looks at a problem and picks at it and picks at it and picks at it until it's stripped away until you know there's just the bare bones, and then you can deal with those issues. So we do that kind of on our feet as nurses, and then evaluating, coming back and saying, okay, this went well, this did not go well. Let's retool this so that we can do this better the next time, because there's always a next time. 
So just like with this, um, I've heard of certain schools that have implemented QR codes so that they're monitoring where students are throughout the building. That sounds excellent because I can't imagine being a teacher in this time and having to not only teach to those in the classroom, those that are online, and monitor every time someone gets up from their assigned seat to go to the restroom, to go sneeze in the hallway because everyone's very scared about anyone sneezing or coughing, even with their mask on, to changing classes, to disinfecting in between classes when you don't have proper PPE, when you've been promised that you'll have cleaning supplies, but you don't have them. And if you do have them, maybe they're not marked with how they're supposed to be used, all of those different kind of things. So having someone again that's in the room at the time that the sensitive information is shared amongst the board because the board is not going to share everything that they know that would be defeatist on the part of the board right why have a board if they're going to share everything that they know no there's certain information that needs to be kept protected but to have someone in the room that doesn't act as a consultant only but they're there they're invested and they want to be part of the solution that's the difference that I bring to the table. Um, as a healthcare provider, someone that actually does the work, not an administrator, not a person that is, you know, executing the orders of someone else, um, there's a unique patient perspective. And that comes into play when you say, well, how are people affected by this decision? So it's really an all-encompassing look at, a holistic look at what do these decisions decisions mean for our students. That's why people should vote for me. Uh, fantastic. So that's all the questions that I have. So I'm going to open up the next por portion if, of this to just um, for your closing statements. Okay. Um, well, thank you for the time today, you and your sister. I appreciate you guys continuing this. I understand that this is a um, kind of legacy uh, that Larry has started, and I think he's a new grandpa, so maybe he, he's <laughs> spending time with that grandbaby, which I don't blame him. Um, I am excited. I'm encouraged. Um, there has been an outpouring of support, um, mostly online, because we are limited during this, this COVID situation, but um, it seems that people are really genuinely interested in equity, um, there are a few loud voices that would have you to believe otherwise, but I think the majority is definitely interested in equity. They're interested in teaching their children how to engage in a global society. And that means that you have to be able to have open discussions about tough topics. And um, with social emotional learning, with um, diversity and equity being at the forefront, I think that we can absolutely prepare our students. We've got academics. Um, we definitely have slid in those numbers in the past few years, but I think it's because we need to refocus and re-energize. And with some new blood on the board, I think that can absolutely happen in HSE, and I hope that it does. Once again, my thanks to Izzy and Casey Alexander for handling the school board candidate interviews this election cycle. Remember, if you vote a straight party ticket, your voting process is not over. Continue on to vote for the county council and then for the school board. 
This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. On behalf of Izzy and Casey Alexander, thanks for listening. Be safe and be kind.